Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again. Just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 120, Relationships and Our Manuals for Them. Well, hello, everybody. How are you all? I'm a year older. (laughs) I turned 43. Woo! It's been awesome. And I just got back from an amazing vacation. I went swimming with manatees and riding on horses in the jungle of Florida. (laughs) It was wild. It was so much fun. I really shut down from work, spent some time with friends and family, spent some time in the ocean, outside a lot. Very active, fun, fulfilling, lively vacation. And I'm happy to be back here recording this podcast and catching up with you all and coaching my clients and seeing my kids and jumping back in. And if you guys are all on my email list, and if you're not, you should be. I sent out an email a couple days ago called Party Like a Pony. (laughs) And I got so many amazing responses to that email. It was so fun. So my son and I's birthday are two days apart. His birthday is on April 12th. Mine's on April 10th. And he wanted a My Little Pony birthday party. And I knew that he liked My Little Pony, but I didn't really know how much he liked My Little Pony. And he knows all of the the ponies' names and, like, their roles and what they do and, like, the dynamics of it. It's quite something. So he asked for this My Little Pony birthday. And Arlo is his name. He's my youngest. This is his second sort of pandemic birthday. Like, the first – he was the first pandemic birthday, or I guess – wait, mine was the first pandemic birthday last year, and then his was two days later. So – You know, we just kind of wanted to go over the top this year because it was still kind of pandemic-y. Like, we're not doing things inside. We're not doing sleepovers. We're not going to, like, you know, jump houses and all that stuff. So we told him that we could have a little outdoor um, hour thing where we could have some friends over outside if they wore masks and um, they could hit a pinata and I would make some cupcakes. And so he asked for... My Little Pony birthday party. So we're like, we're going to make it really special because nobody should have to have two pandemic (laughs) birthdays, right? So we got him this giant um, helium balloon at Party City, and it was a pink My Little Pony, I think it was. I'm calling it Party Pony, but I can't remember the name of it. But it's pink, and there's balloons on it. You guys probably know what it is. And this thing was, like, bigger than him. And then we got him, like, cupcake toppers and tablecloth and some other balloons and just had so much fun with it. And on these little cupcake toppers, they're like little toothpicks, like little flags you put in the cupcakes. It said, party like a pony. And um, they just have really kind of inspiring little mantras and things like friendship is magic and magic and friendship. And you all know that my word of 2020 or 2021 is magic. And so I'm into this stuff. So I'm like, oh, they're like little life coach ponies. (laughs) And so all weekend, my husband and I were just having fun. And we just kept saying, I would say, party like a pony. And he would be like, hoops up. And like, we just like said this about 100 times all weekend. And the kids would be like, mom, dad, you know, 
so not cool. But anyway, I wrote this email about Party Like a Pony, and I'm taking on Party Like a Pony as my mantra for quarter two. So April, May, and June, y'all. It's going to be all about partying like a pony up in here. <laughs> I want to have fun. I want to like be, I want to feel light. I want to feel excited about reaching more people and helping more women and changing things up a little bit. So that's my mantra. I highly suggest that you adopt some sort of light, fun, and magical mantra to you know, as you take on this work or you dive into over drinking, it can get really serious and heavy and I want to help y'all lighten it up. So you are free to, to take my party like a pony attitude (laughs) into your own lives as we do this. So today I want to talk about relationships and our manuals. I teach this inside my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program on a very regular basis. We have workshops, workshops about it and whatnot. But I realized I haven't had like a public podcast on this topic, so I thought, why not jump into it now? Last week, we talked about judging people, (laughs) and I think to elaborate on that, talking about relationships and our manuals for them would be a really good next podcast episode. So I want to first talk about the definition of a relationship. So what makes a relationship? Basically... What makes a relationship? It's our thoughts about the person that we might be in a relationship with. We know it's our thoughts because not everybody would have the same thoughts about all of your relationships, right? So if you have a relationship with somebody that is different than another family member. So look at people in your own family and what mutual acquaintances do you and your spouse maybe have? Are you closer to any of those people than your spouse? So right? So there's a mutual person that you have in connection with, right? And maybe your relationship is better or maybe your spouse's relationship is better. So you have one set of thoughts and beliefs about this person and your spouse has a whole different set of beliefs. This person in your mind doesn't dramatically change, you know, what they do or what they say depending on who they are with, right? So if it's with you or with your spouse or whatever, they're not changing. You just have different thoughts about this person versus your spouse. They're showing up consistently as the same person. You both just have those different thoughts about them, which is creating that relationship that you have with them. Okay. What we think about people is our relationship with them. That's it. It's just your thoughts about that person. Okay. Think about somebody that you love. What are your thoughts about that person? When you think about them, do you feel love? So I like to use this example and I think about my kids. I think about Arlo, my youngest kid who just turned eight. And I think about Arlo and I just want to start laughing. And I get kind of giddy and feel like this wash of love. Like he is amazing. I think he's funny and he's engaging and he's got charisma and he's a character. And so when I think all of that, I feel this like, amazing wash of mom love come over me okay so think about somebody that you love and what your thoughts are about them okay remember our thoughts create our feelings and love is a feeling right whether we have a good relationship or or a bad relationship is all dependent on what we are thinking about that person okay hang on to that one for a second (laughs) i love the pet example So if you had a pet that you absolutely loved, did you connect with the pet like no other thing on earth? Remember, that pet can't talk to you. That that pet can't like do things that you think it should. 
to make you feel good, right? It's just your thoughts about the pet that make you feel a certain way, which is that connection. We feel love and affection about our pets because of what we think about them. Relationships, are, again, are just what we are thinking and feeling about that person or thing. It doesn't matter if they think or feel the same thing in return, right? Have you ever loved somebody and they didn't love you back? How is this possible? Because it's just our thoughts about that other person. You have your thoughts and that other person has their thoughts. Now listen, I loved Patrick Swayze as a young girl. I really loved him. I really did. He did not even know me. I also loved a guy when I was in college. He didn't love me back. He had different thoughts about me. Many of us think our thoughts about the other person are dependent on what they do and how they behave. Your thoughts about them will be dependent on your expectations of them and how well they meet those expectations, okay? You can't be angry at somebody. You only have thoughts that make you mad. No one can hurt your feelings. You have thoughts that are hurtful to you, which leads me into the concept about the manuals that we have for other people, which I first learned about from one of my coaches, Brooke Castillo. So basically we have this idea of how people should behave if they are in a relationship with us, right? Think about your spouse or another close family member like a parent. How should they be in a relationship with us? You want to ask yourself that question, <laughs> okay, and see what comes up. But I used to think these things about my husband. I shouldn't have to tell him to take out the garbage. He should see it and needs to be taken out and do it. He should care about his health more. I don't want to take care of him when he's old and has major health issues that could have been prevented with diet and exercise. He should anticipate my next move. He should be aware of what is going on and be right there helping me. He should look at the situation and just know what we need to do next. And he shouldn't bitch about work all the time. Those are my manuals, my thoughts, my expectations about my husband right? We call all these rules about how people should behave a manual. I'm putting that in air quotes. We have this long manual for our relationships, right? Can you guys start to see them? Are they starting to come to the surface? Most of us really aren't even aware that we have these rule books for people that we're in relationships with. So I'd suggest that you get aware of the manuals that you have for people in your life. And they're going to look different depending on what kind of relationship you have with them. Write down all of the ways that they should behave in this relationship with you. Now, I want to recommend that you just pick one person to work on. Maybe something that maybe you like have a negative thought or it's a not a very good relationship or a relationship that's kind of like bugging you a lot. Focus on that one, okay? Just pick one to work on through this. So I'm going to give you an example of a friend manual. Now, this is not my friend manual. Maybe it was a friend manual I had in the past, <laughs> but this is just an example. The friend manual will look like this. They should reciprocate. It should be give and take. They should reach out as much as I reach out. They should call me on my birthday, send me cards, buy me dinner. They should be there when I need emotional support. I'm there for them when they need anything, and it hurts when they aren't there for me. I've been a dedicated friend for years and they, have, they haven't supported me in half of what I do for them. They should text me back on the same day. I've called them three times now. It's their turn to call me back. I've been the one initiating all the get-togethers. I'm going to stop initiating and see how long it takes for them to initiate. Right? Have you guys? Can you guys recognize some of this in some of your friendships? 
These are very common thoughts that we have about like a friendship relationship, okay? We don't even know that we have them. Sometimes these thoughts are just running quietly in the background. We aren't super conscious of them. Well, I'm so Excuse me, I'm suggesting that if you are struggling in your relationships, or if you have one relationship you'd like to feel better about, then your first step is uncovering that manual that you have for them. You want to see how these manuals are serving you in your life. And a good way to determine if these manuals are serving you is to ask yourself how you feel when you look at a specific rule or manual that you have for somebody. For example, a rule you might have might look like this. My friend should call or text me back the same day. Or maybe it's your parent or a sibling or something. They should call or text me back the same day. And when you identify that rule that you may have had for them, you want to ask yourself, how do I feel? What's my feeling or my emotion that I have when I think they should call me or text me back the same day? Does it generate an angry feeling or a pissed or an anxious or an entitled feeling? Okay, so name the feeling that you get when you have that thought. They should text me back the same day. And what do you normally do when you feel this way? Do you hold back from them? Are you snarky? <laughs> do not call them for a while. Avoid them when they do text or not respond right away. Would you drink or eat later because you feel like you don't have good friends? Okay, so identify the things that you do when you feel the emotion that you identified. And you want to do this exercise so you can see the impact of these manuals in your life, right? So when you do these types of behaviors and you, it's coming from maybe a negative emotion, that's creating a not a very pleasant experience in your life, right? It's, it could be holding you back from something. It could be preventing you from doing what you want to do, right? You're the one that needs to see that. And of course, if you're in my program, come on and get coaching so you can see the impact that this has in your life and do your own self-coaching around it too. Remember too that this work is for you, not them. This is very important. A lot of times we're hurt in the past or we have a bad relationship in the past, maybe with a parent or a sibling or an ex or something like that. And it's still coming up for us. Like we hold on to this stuff for a while and we don't want to give them a pass. We're like, well, I don't want to forgive them or, you know, work on this because they're wrong. Like they shouldn't have done these things. And I want to remind you that this work is for you because the thoughts that you have and the manuals that you have for that person in that relationship affect you. Because again, when you think they should text me back or they should do this or I want them to do that, right? That usually generates a feeling in our bodies that doesn't feel good. And then we buffer when we feel that way, okay? Like drinking, eating, scrolling, avoiding, that type of stuff. So this work is to benefit you and your life. They, it has nothing to do with them. Like let them be what they're doing. Like <laughs> this is about making your life better. And when you feel better in your life, you tend to do better, right? You're the one that whose life will improve if you take time and look at this in your relationships. We get confused sometimes when we think about relationships. It takes two people. <laughs> a lot of you guys think that. Well, it takes two people to make a relationship. Well, this is where it gets kind of muddy because it's, remember, it's your thoughts about the other person that creates the relationship that you have, and it's their thoughts about you that creates the relationship that they have, right? And when you change your thoughts about the other person, you show up differently, and then usually their thoughts 
start changing too. And so only it really only takes one person to improve relationships. And why not it be you? <laughs> okay, we can't control other people. So highly recommend if you've got somebody that you've been struggling with or you'd like to dig into or you want to have a better relationship that you look at this stuff. So I also get asked a lot of time if doing this work for people in our past relationships can be helpful or people we really don't want to have relationships with, but kind of causing us to feel bad when we think about that or they might pop up occasionally in our lives. And the answer is yes, always yes. Anytime you do this work, it's going to benefit you in, in your life in a lot of different areas. It will help you with future relationships that you might have. It will highlight how you can improve other relationships that you're currently in. Um, we're just going to use this one person as an example and work on that relationship and the rest of your relationship will also improve because you start applying some of this stuff and seeing some of the manuals that you had for this one person, it will like unveil the manuals that you have for other people and then it'll sort of naturally improve, okay? So once you get aware of your manuals and you can see the impact that you're having in your life, then you have some choices to make. You can drop the manual you can be like, you know what? I don't need any more rules around being in a relationship, right? Let people be people. I'm going to focus on me. You can create a new manual that feels good. It's fine to have a manual. Just make sure it feels good when you think about it. And you can decide to love unconditionally no matter what, which benefits you, not the other person. So I just want to invite you to be selfish here for a second. Stay with me. So I know that I want to live my life exactly how I want to live it. And I think I do a, a good example of that. And I want you to think about that for you. Like, do you like being a human that has free will in your life, making your own decisions, going about your day, making choices and doing things based on what you want to do? I'm pretty sure most of you like that. <laughs> I could be wrong, but <laughs> I think that most of you like that. So you like choosing what you do and behaving like you want to behave. You're an adult, right? Do you like it when people have these long expectations for you and you're constantly not meeting them? Probably not, right? When we have these manuals for other people, it blocks an opportunity for true connection and love. When we give our emotional well-being away to other people, we blame them for how we feel, okay? So when you have these long list of things, these manuals for people, it affects you and it, it prevents a deeper connection and openness and vulnerability and a lot more joy and love and happiness on the other end. Okay, and then we give our emotional well-being away to other people and we say, well, because they can't do that because they don't respond to my text or they don't take out the garbage on time or they don't call me back or they judge me or whatever it is, then you miss an opportunity for better feeling in your life and having a more fulfilling life, okay? So these manuals that we have, we think unconsciously. It's not like we're walking around thinking this stuff all the time, but unconsciously, people need to follow these rules in order for us to feel good and happy in relationships, okay? This is exhausting. <laughs> that means that everybody in our life has to follow a set of rules to be with us, and if they don't, we are left angry, pissed, annoyed, sad, lonely, and unfulfilled. And in order to feel happy and love and joy and connection, they need to do specific things according to our timelines. <laughs> um, no thank you. 
I decided a long time ago when I first learned this, I wanted to drop it like it's hot, let them be adults, and then decide what I want to think and feel and create the experience in my life that I want to have, not dependent on what the other people in my life are doing or not doing. And the other thing that I want to make clear here is that this does not mean that you let people walk all over you or abuse you. It doesn't mean you don't tell people what you'd like from them. Okay, it just means that you don't attach your emotional well-being if they don't do what you want them to do. Okay, or if they do do what you want them to do, you don't get really excited about it or overly attached or really high from it. Okay, now covering this concept in one podcast episode, I know you're probably going to have a lot of questions, right? Coaching on relationships is something that we do all day long inside the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program. There's many nuances and examples and circumstances that go into this, but a very good general concept for you to start doing the work on improving some of your relationships is uncovering the manuals, understanding that your relationships that you have with people are your thoughts about them, and know that we can change our thoughts and we can change our manuals if we want to, okay? The other thing I want to touch on is the concept of boundaries. I get asked a lot of questions about boundaries. A boundary, a definition of a boundary is an appropriate thing you will do if there is a boundary violation. So it's about you again. If somebody is coming into your emotional or physical space in a way that's inappropriate, you need to, for you, you need to set a boundary for yourself, not them. So for an example, um, a boundary would be spelled out like this. If you do this, I'll do this. So more specifically, if you smoke in my car, I'll get out. If you yell at me, I'll leave the room. If you hit me, I will leave. If you drink, I will not hang out with you. Okay? So you're not saying or telling them what to do. Right? You're not saying you can't drink around me. You're not saying you can't yell at me or don't yell at me. Right? You're saying if you do yell at me or if you do drink around me, I'm going to leave. Make sense? It's not asking them to do something different. It's really hard. People don't generally change. Like, y'all are into self-development. You listen to podcasts and things, and you're interested in improving your lives and applying this stuff. But the general population don't really, people kind of adapt who they are, and they don't want to change or look at this kind of stuff. So expecting people to change because you want them to is a really high expectation (laughs) or for them to do things differently, especially if it's somewhat of an offensive behavior, right? That's just not going to happen. You probably know that because they've probably been doing the behavior over and over and over and over again for years. And you've probably said things to them in the past about it, right? And it's something that bothers you. They aren't going to change. <laughs> Let it go. But you can change what you do when they do that thing. Okay? And that gives you the power. So I'll give you an example. My husband told me that if I traveled on an airplane during COVID, uh, you know, this was before the vaccines were rolled out, that he would go stay in a hotel for two weeks to con- quarantine himself from me. So I was considering traveling. Okay? And instead of my husband saying, you can't travel, no, you can't travel. He said, you go ahead and travel, but, you know, I'll be checking into a hotel for two weeks. <laughs> That's a really good example of a boundary, right, for him. So he said, if you do this, I will do that. 
He didn't tell me not to travel. He didn't try and control me. He said, if you do this, I'll do that. And guess what? I didn't want him to do that. So I didn't, I decided not to go. I decided to not fly. And I felt more in control of my options and like it was my choice that way. Make, see, do you see the impact of that? If you, if the roles were reversed, right? And you ask somebody if say in COVID, right? There's some boundaries there. Listen, you're welcome to go hang out with all the people without masks, but you, you know, I won't be coming to the party. That would be a good example. I won't come to a party with a bunch of people that aren't wearing masks. You're not saying everybody has to wear masks, right? You're saying I won't come if this is a situation. That's a really good example of a boundary, all right? So to recap here, it's a long one. <laughs> we define what a relationship is. Remember our relationship is just a thought that we have about the other person. We have manuals for all, all of our relationships. And even with me, like I have very dynamic relationships in my life. I know that I still have manuals for them, but I check in with those manuals to make sure that they're, they're serving me. And I might adjust those manuals and make sure that they're working or let, let manuals go that aren't working. Generally, I like to say I don't want to try to change people or control what they do. Okay. I've told you how to uncover your manuals, right? Ask yourself what kind of manuals you have for people in your relationships, decide if they're serving you or if you would like to let them go and how to create boundaries for you, not the other person, okay? I hope you found this helpful. I would recommend that you listen to this on repeat, take some notes, do the work that I'm suggesting in here. And inside my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program, we coach a lot on relationships, kids, spouses, family, siblings, work relationships, all the relationships all the time because remember, it's not really about the alcohol, okay? It's about the root issues we have in our lives and over drinking alcohol is a symptom of what is happening in the big areas of our lives and our relationships that we have with other people is a huge area. I hold special workshops on relationships. We recently had a guest expert come in and do a special relationship workshop. This work I'm describing here will help you make your life better. And when you feel better, you do better and you will drink less. So if you're interested in joining the Stop Over Drinking program, click through, watch the three videos, fill out the application, and we'll be in touch. If you're a good fit, we'll set up a call and then you can come in and join and help with all the things. I love you, my friends. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. And remember, party like a pony. Bye.